All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producers, spit of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. Um, we've got some reaction coming in from Facebook Live. Uh, we've got Joshua Medina checking in saying, do you think the Jets would dump Sala for Bill? Um, yeah, if they knew they could get him. Um, Bill hates the Jets. He hates everything about them. Um, it goes, there are stories behind that. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with kind of how everything went down with Bill Parcells, how they did them and how they kind of, you know, kind of, it was, and, and that had a lot to do with the strain on the relationship between him and Bill after that whole thing went down. So, they would do it, but they know they ain't going to do it because they know he wouldn't take the job regardless. There's not enough money uh, in the world for him to go uh, coach the Jets. But um, I will tell you, though, Joshua, when you talk about, you know, Sala is going to Sala is caught up in this Aaron. Him and the GM are caught up in this Aaron Rodgers experiment. That's going to give them another year to see how it goes with Aaron Rodgers. But make no mistake about it. Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel on the market, and along with the Harbaugh, but especially just speaking of these two guys that left their, you know, whether you want to say it was unexpectedly, we kind of been talking about maybe if you want to say Vrabel was a surprise. Those two individuals have made teams that have there's two things that have average coaches or not, I won't say, but coaches that they're on that the building and the organization is on the fence about those. This candidate pool has made owners pause real quick, really quickly that had no intentions of even discussing a coaching change, evaluating. Should we make one? It's the same thing that went down when Peyton Manning left the Indianapolis Colts. That's why he got courted by at that time. I remember there was only like really legitly, ballparking it maybe three or four teams three to five teams at that time that really needed a quarterback but yet and still he had 15 to 17 visit requests and that's more than half the league so that is something that i kind of alluded to yesterday that is real it's like and let me tell you the number two thing it's doing which we can kind of segue here to this after we read uh dante's is um the impact that it's going to have on the playoff teams and the playoff coaches. Okay. The results of what ownership feels like, Hey, we got here, but you know what? We got here. Cause they expanded. We got here. Cause we need help. That's going to also with this. Cause you do not. And trust me, you do not get the type of class of free agent coaches like this, that you do. You just don't, they don't come available. Um, ever really. And that's what makes it intriguing for me going into the offseason as well. Uh, Dante's checking in and saying, going Oliver Stone here, but what are the chances that Bill and Nick team up somewhere in the NFL? Probably unlikely, but both are chasing that one last championship, so it's not out of the question. Well, Dante, um, you know, I had spoke to – I had kind of brought it up briefly to AC last night. I said, well, you know, it is not an accident that both of these guys went out at the same time. Um, I've always, the way things has played out, I've always said, I, it, I've come to realization in the last uh, 48 months 
um, and how it's played out, there is no way Bill Belichick drafts Mac Jones with the first round pick without a relationship to Bill. I mean, excuse me, Nick Saban. Um, it's one of those as many pillow talk nights, his character, he's this and this. Probably didn't really do that much of a real evaluation on Mac, just took Nick's, jo- Nick's word. Um, if you So I looked at it as possibly as a coach, D-back, defensive back, defensive, well, not defensive back, but defensive coordinator position. Um, but the, posi- the chances I put on that is less, especially with the reports coming out today, which we'll segue to in regards to what Nick addressed the team about. Um, I doubt it. I would put that even at a 20% chance. I know Jonas and I was discussing, he was saying maybe in a general manager role, for Nick Saban, and I don't see that because I, I feel like Nick is, you know, there's the unknown in that itch in regards to, well, he didn't win at that level. Like, Nick is a guy that if he's not going to be commentating on TV, which I think that's probably where he's heading, if he's not going to be on TV but he's going to be around the game but he's going to be part of a team um, on the NFL level, to me it's coaching because he's too much of a coach. He's too much of a hands-on and a teacher. I don't see it as a general manager role, especially at his age. You know, um, so I doubt it there, but I see you working, Dante. But I, that would be the only scenario I could see it. And it would be, you know, probably I would stamp that maybe at a 15, 10 percent chance of help, you know, basically happening. I just think the timing of this is coincident. That's not coincidental because I think they've had they're the only two that can relate to each other's success and the pressure that comes with that and the age that they're close in age a little bit to where the wear tear mentally and what it does physically to keep that going. So I think that's why they've had these talks and it comes out, well, you know, maybe I do need a change. You know, this speaking of a bill and, you know, Nick, maybe this is now transitioning to Nick Saban real quick before I get into, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy talk. And definitely um, also I want to touch on, uh, you know, Greg Penner owner of the Denver Broncos. He had his press conference, and I thought it was very telling and encouraging as well, too. But before we get to that, um, let's talk about the Nick Saban situation, which kind of broke in the last segment of the show yesterday, and I gave it to you off the top of the dome, which now that I've had time to think about it, there's nothing really I changed on it. I really spoke how I felt or knew I would really feel when that day came for Nick. But I see as the reports have came out that, you know, and, and this, the way he handled his last day is exactly what he preaches to that team since I have followed them. And more details are coming about how this went down. So basically, it was a surprise for most, even to athletic director, president, because just of them losing the, Nas- uh, the national championship semifinal game, you know, there was people close to the program like, nah, he's coming back. He was recruiting. You know, he's, he's not going to go anywhere. Well, there's reports that when he addressed the team, now check this out. So he addressed the team and let them know that it was pretty much due to age and health, which yesterday when we talked about it, I said, look, this it's 25 percent where college is at right now and the NIL and the not the being structured in the way he feels about it. And the other part has to do with either age or health, if there's something wrong with him or Miss Terry, which comes to find out. He tells him health reasons. Now, I don't know what that's going to entail. I know he's released a statement, but it didn't really say anything. But that's supposed to be being reported. And that's from Tuscaloosa. That's from that area in Tuscaloosa where somebody would know. But he sits there and he has a interviews for their upcoming wide receiver position coach. OK, this is all yesterday. 
Then he has a conference. Then he has a call with, I believe it was the college commissioner, SEC commissioner. There were some coaches on there, but it was regarding, you know, kind of the state and this NIL situation and all reports. He was passionate and he was livid on certain things and, you know, kind of expressing his frustration. This is all yesterday. So no one knows. There's been no announcement yet. Nothing. I mean, he's going about that and doing this, knowing in his mind that what is going to be on the horizon a couple hours later. And then that's when he goes and dresses the team, and that's when it gets leaked out. So my point is this. I haven't seen anything like that for the most part, but when I started to reflect, I'm, that's exactly what that man has preached at Tuscaloosa. The way is finishing the job. Finishing. After every defeat, if you look at just as recently as, you know, being up three minutes with three minutes left to play on Michigan, uh, whether it's basically uh, the one play that really cuts him short of seven titles instead of six at Alabama and Jordan Air Stadium, a field goal miss, ran back. We all know that's history. That was a, And what gets lost in the shuffle, that was going for a three-peat. OK, and, um, and and, you know, and I heard the mouth of the South, Ophambaum this morning, which, you know, which I kind of agree with that was true, that part of this, knowing that you've had these thoughts in your mind about retiring, it probably was special to get that win for Georgia. And at that point is probably where it settled in, because what he did there, what did he do? He stopped Kirby. OK, his young Luke Skywalker, he stopped him from doing what we haven't seen in the modern day era is get a three peat. Because most likely, if they got past Alabama, they got in, most likely they might have not taken anything away from Michigan, but there's a good chance they might have won this. So um, it, that was probably gratifying for him as well. But just think about going through a normal day like that, where, you, where you're going to hire, you're, you're doing interviews for a wide receiver position coach, which you know you're really not going to be there. And number two, you're going passionate about the state of college, NIL, whatever this meeting is. So nobody even has the indication he's retiring, but he finished the job and everything. Every post-game press conference that you hear him talk about a loss or all, especially in close games or whatever, or they collapse in the play. Well, we didn't finish, and this team needs to finish. And that's what he did to the last day before he retired. Now, where does the program go? Um, and with me, you know, with Nick, I, and I thought about this more, and, you know, that's why I kind of, you know, wore the hat today because, to me, I just don't – a part of me – is leaving the program. And I know he's going to, you know, he's always saying Alabama is going to be his home and everything, but the rooting interest I will have with Alabama, technically a hundred percent, I would say maybe 90% is going to be gone out the door. Nick, I, that that's just because I came in for personal reasons around him, because a lot of what he stood for our life lessons are how you have to approach when you're trying to accomplish something that is not easy to do that most people can't accomplish. There is a certain sacrifice of friends, family and time and relationships that you got to put in. And I bought into that with him 20, 22 years ago, even at the time that LSU, because I like this cat's different. So to me, I just can't see, you know, continuing having a passion to root for that program when it's attached to Nick. Like I said yesterday, Broncos are a totally different thing. That's like night and day. That's like, I don't care who comes in and out the building. That's just, that's just embedded in me, but that's a little bit different. Now with that said, if this would have been a handoff to Kirby, where a lot of people anticipated that that's what was going, because remember, Kirby was his defensive coordinator for damn near 12, 13, maybe 14 years. So people thought he would be in the waiting, but I've got to tip my hat 
to Georgia because they saw at a time to bring one of their own back in the fold because I guarantee you if there's not Georgia, he's still there with Nick and he's the guy that's getting the job. So Georgia hats off to them for saying we better grab him while we can. That might have been able to keep me around like, OK, because it's something they did together. They're linked in that way. But with him leaving out the building, it's kind of where where I'm at right now. But I will tell you. Let's talk about the candidates and let's talk about who really wants to fill these shoes and walk behind. And, and that was one of the questions. I think I saw a poll question today, like who like what's going to be the toughest for anybody to walk into and replace when you look at New England and you look at Alabama. And I'm going to tell you that's going to be Alabama easy because I feel with even with the Patriots and you, you got to think like the Patriots, you know, before Bill's regime started, um, they didn't really have too much of a winning culture or championship culture. I mean, Bill Parcells took them with Drew Bledsoe to the Super Bowl, lost eventually to Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers and Reggie White. Um, you know, before then, you'd have to go to, um, I think it was Hogan. I think one of their quarterbacks from back in the day. You'd have to go back in here to really find, like, individuals that were part of the Patriots. So, to me, we've seen, the, at least I have, if you're my age, you, I've seen the Patriots be at the bottom. It's been a while. But I can see, I know what that franchise was really viewed at before Bill showed up and then found a guy, a little, a little man with a weird body in Michigan. Uh, speaking of Tom, I know what they looked like before they showed up. Alabama, they went through some lean years and was falling off the college landscape before Nick showed up with Shula's last year there. But you go back to Bear Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Bear Bryant's uh, one of his disciples. I forgot his name, but he was the only other guy to win that title that one year, you know, before years before, you know, Nick showed up. So when you look at the coach who's going to be coming into Tuscaloosa, that's a brand that has been built up because you can look at New England and you can even look at New England and say, OK, well, you know, you got the spy gate. People want to diminish Bill in, and that's part of his legacy. And you talk about the inflategate, the alleged cheating. And then you go with the last three years we've seen without Tom and then how the Tom Brady thing was handled in some people's eyes. It's kind of the, the brand might be a little bit tarnished, depending on who you ask. The stock is still high in Alabama. It's always been high at Alabama as long as Nick's been there after winning the national championship in his third season there. So whoever is coming in behind that, that's a different monster, and it's going to take a special type of person. Now, according to Alabama, they want to have this coach named in the next 72 hours, which is important for recruiting purposes. It's important for just showing that there's some continuity. And I do believe that Nick is going to have some type of say, not say so, that's the wrong word to use, but he is going to be asked for advice about certain candidates or certain directions they're looking to go. But that's a quick, if you look at it, that's a quick time frame for talking about who's taking over a I'm not even say a Ferrari I'll say a Bugatti <laughs> that has like 50 miles on it because the brand is still high so we talked a little bit about the candidates now I know Dan Lanning which I didn't even dawn on me that there is history between him and Nick gave him his whole deal and didn't know that part of disciples there's a lot of them it's hard for me to keep up with them but he's already come out today and say he's not going anywhere and he's staying in Oregon, which I believe he probably would have been the guy that was probably number one or somebody they targeted him. Uh, Debo, 
um, is being mentioned, which I told you in real time, he's been mentioned just because he won a national championship in the 80s as a player at Alabama. Um, and, you know, it, these coaches are going to have some tough decisions to make because the bottom line is Alabama's an upgrade from Clemson. Even all the success that Dabo has done, that's a, his alma mater. And at the end of the day, the resources and the brand, it's, it's an upgrade job from, from, from Clemson. Okay, he's going to if they're interested in him and there will be somebody like Nick would give the okay. Like I said, he makes a trip every spring to the lake house and visits Terry. Nick would give thumbs up on that. Does Dabo have the stomach to say I'm gone? Now, the timing of this. Remember, Dabo had a meltdown on radio, local radio in Clemson last year, who he felt that the whole alumni, the ADs, not appreciating them because they've had two or three bad down seasons. So I don't know how much he scarred with that in regards to if they come calling with him. A couple other names I want to touch on. And then also there's news out of Austin that I, in regards to the Longhorns that I want to touch on as well, too. Then we'll circle back around to the NFL and look at some other of these off the uh, NFL news before we get out of here as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind I just scraped it off the top Put it on the road Under curve Under blood Was already sold out all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spit of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pinland Whiskey. Pinland Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada. Using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Penland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And also, Penland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. And it's the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind. All right. 877-37-GRIND. 
All right, so keeping it moving, and I knew we were going to be a lot into these, uh, you know, topics regarding to Bill and Nick, because, I mean, you know, this is, you're, you're living through sports history uh, here, um, if you're grateful to be alive. Um, so, Dabo is going to have a tough decision uh, to make um, if they come after him, and he's being, you know, reported in multiple reports as a potential candidate um there's two things before i get to who i can if if i had to choose out of everybody being mentioned what one makes the sense to me with considering the whole circumstances uh sarkeesian has been named and i know you brought him up to me off air yesterday and I have seen reports of him being main, named because of his uh, stint at uh, Alabama as a coordinator uh, the year that he won uh, the national championship. Um, there's two things uh, to that. Um, one, um, and I know it's been a while because, again, you know, I've been close to that region uh you know uh used to be in the austin market and i know a lot of people who's graduated from the university of texas and on the national scale and when you when i talk about national scale i'm talking about writers uh beat writers and columnists and stuff that you know get this information or sit there and say well this makes sense to throw him out um look texas is one of the top three jobs arguably could be top two, but it's one of the top three football jobs in the country, and that's NFL and college. It's Texas, it's football, it's unlimited resources, okay? Y'all see the mascot in the front, and I ain't talking about Bevo, I'm talking about Matthew McConaughey. Y'all see the mascot in front, but there's big-time donors that you don't even see that isn't a Academy Award winning or whatever you want to say actor who he's poured a lot of money into the University of Texas and you know a big part of that new arena that they got built down there Matthew was a big part of pushing that but there's other big time old school money and oil money that falls in and feeds into Texas. Texas is a good program, top program. I don't, me personally, it's the same thing that I say. I don't know if Sark's, uh, you know, body of work in regards to, you know, kind of his stints at other places that he could kind of deserve that. I mean, he's done a good job based off of where he's got, he got Texas finally into uh, an opportunity, Um and going into the college football playoffs with an opportunity to win the national championship came up short against Washington. Uh, so I, I can understand that. But me, me, I didn't agree with him getting the Texas job because I knew it was just because the Alabama residue because Texas couldn't get Nick. You know, they gave him a hundred million dollars back in when I think that report came out. That was around the 2000 and probably 11, 12 area. 13, somewhere around there, 10, they were about to back up, just couldn't get them to do it. So they figured, like, what's the best thing we can do? I mean, they tried everything. Charlie Strong, who'd been on Nick's staff, they tried to be as much as they could. So that's why they settled with Sark. So he's being rumored in there, but I just don't think, you know, the momentum that he has with Texas, uh, and I do believe there's some momentum, 
I don't see the heartstring there to sit there and say, hey, go. And plus, I think, you know, people who are saying that people think, I mean, they're kind of devaluing. And I understand that they haven't won a national championship forever. You know, Mac Brown, but that's still that that's not a. You know, that's pretty much, a, I'm not going to say a downgrade, but that's a lateral move. Clemson, Debo to Alabama, that's an upgrade in programs. So, but that leads me to, I think, a guy that's being named, and I know Jonas has some odds out there because we put odds on everything in these days and time. So I don't know where these odds lie on this particular individual, what's going on. But unless there's a coach or a coordinator that's on Alabama staff or somebody that nobody's even thinking of, whether it be, you know, Vegas, the, all the names of writers that say these are the top candidates. The one that still makes sense that would probably out of everybody be a name because for one, He's got the cojones to do it because he's left multiple places before. Uh, he has proven in the last couple years that he can recruit. Also, he can develop quarterbacks. Um, and I believe also he has the personality to keep that Alabama in Tuscaloosa, in that region, their appetite of enthusiasm as they go to the games, as they tailgate, as they enter, you know, trolling other people, hey, we're Alabama, and feeding in that, where it's not really a jump off, but you're going to get a whole different feel. And that's Lane Kiffin. Um, I think Lane Kiffin has momentum at Ole Miss. That bowl win that they got, this previous bowl, I know bowl era was not a big deal, but Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, they have some momentum. And it goes back to last year, um, and it's continued this year. They had a heck of a successful season, and Lane has proven he can recruit. So to me, I think that if Alabama's going to throw around their money and wait, and whatever that would cost to get him out of Ole Miss, that's the one guy to me, and I'm pretty sure there's another one out there, but at the top of my head where I feel right now, that's the one that makes the most sense to me uh, because I believe it would be his own twist, but yet and still he's learned so much of being under Nick than probably he's ever had at a stop at USC, a stop at the Raiders, everywhere else. I think that he really matured and learned the right way and how to lead young man under Nick Saban. So what's better than him to bring him back you know, to the fold. You, you can't entertain Kirby because Kirby is, he, he went to Georgia. You know, he won a national championship with Georgia. That That's bloodline. So even though he get 15 years of Nick Saban for his D coordinator, I don't think, and where he's at with Georgia, Tuscaloosa couldn't pull Kirby back from Georgia even if he wanted to. You know, um, so I just think, in my opinion, it would probably be Lane Kiffin. So what what are the odds looking like, Jonas, or what's where kind of we having, right? Because 72 hours is very quickly to make this big of a decision. When we woke up this morning, uh, Dan Lanning was the leader at plus 200, okay? Um, he, he released a, a, a hype video about staying at Oregon, hmm. recommitted to Oregon, and, and so his odds fell, but he's still a leader. Uh, according to Sports Betting Dime. Hmm. Uh, then Mike Norvell took the leading spot. Yes, I heard that. Um, I, I don't think Mike – I got a lot of respect from Mike Norvell. If I'm not mistaken, I think I think he came from uh, – because before he got to Florida State, I think he cut his – he kind of came from Tulsa, I want to say, or he was somewhere. I mean, maybe it wasn't Tulsa, but they had a success where they were at. So I've got respect from Mike Norvell and where he's – because he's kind of brought Florida State. He, he's not ready. I don't believe he's ready. I don't know what his ties. Maybe I think does he have ties to Alabama or Nick? I don't know. In my opinion, I, I don't think he's ready. I, I think that would be um, he definitely would leave 
because uh, that, you know, Florida State has a strong brand, but they've been down. Um, they're not as strong as a Texas brand. Uh, they're you know, not as but, strong as a Bama brand, and they felt right. that this year in the playoffs. Right, so that's why I feel that he would jump in a heartbeat. But I, to me personally, um, that wouldn't – and that's my opinion. I, I wouldn't like that one. I mean, and like I said, my believe it or not, and I'm not just trying to, you know, fill airtime and, and blow smoke up your new – you know what. My interest in it is really – it's out the door, you know, with Nick. So I, I'm giving to you really like – I just don't feel like that program and what it was built to. Mike Norvell, he's done a hell of a job at Florida State. I just don't know if that that, that he's ready for that. Well, Joel Klatt shook up the book when he mm-hmm. went on the radio this afternoon. He did an appearance over on Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. He said he would be surprised if Kalen DeBoer of Washington did not get the job. And DeBoer jumped the odds to now lead at minus 110. Hmm. Um, DeBoer, um, he really turned Washington around. Um, now, I'm going to say that with a grain of salt because I believe um, my man, was it Patterson or Peterson, the former coach of Boise all them years, and he went to Washington. Uh, I don't think the program was so much down, but I think DeBoer, I think he definitely, you know, of course, the develop of Penix Jr., develop of those players, getting those guys to stay that had eligibility because of the COVID, the special COVID year to see them uh, get stick around to be six years together and to get into a title game. And he that's the momentum type of deal. And without a doubt, I mean, if you look at the situation of what went down with the Pac-12 and, you know, the conferences and what's happening, that's not without a doubt that's an upgrade for him to go so even though and again it's crazy these guys that I'm mentioning um, you know even with Sarkeesian being rumored all these guys have momentum at their program but this is the big this is big owl this is the big elephant coming to talk um he would def- it'd be interesting to see what he could do even upgrading in resources that he would have at Alabama uh but but yeah I mean that wouldn't really excite me too more but I can see him being a little bit more ready, I believe, just because of where he's been at and around more than uh, even normal at, at Florida State. But go ahead. Well, again, over a sports betting dime. So he leads, uh, DeBoer leads at one, minus 110. Mike Norville now at plus 150. Sark at plus 250. Uh, Dan Landing comes in at plus 350, followed by K- uh, Kiffin at plus 500. Then it drops off severely to Sweeney at plus 2,500, who was followed by primetime. Deion Sanders at plus 3,300, who was tied with Urban Meyer at plus 3,300. Um, I, you know, Urban is a name that crossed my mind early, or I should say late last night. Um, Coach Prime, no. No. Um... And, and, you know, I kind of heard uh, Keyshawn Johnson speak on this a little bit this morning, and it's kind of true. I, no. I, I don't think Tuscaloosa, I mean, to be honest with you, um, and, and I know that we're in 2024, but I, I don't see Tuscaloosa being ready to have an African-American head coach at Alabama. And I don't think Dion style. 
and where he's at, where he's at, and kind of what we've gotten to taste at Jackson State and what he's about at Colorado Boulder. Uh, that even then, you know, even if you put race aside, I don't think that his his way of doing things it matches with Alabama. So uh, I can see why they put him on an odds board to just to get some money out there to go. I can see maybe why some people popped him up because of his movement and everything. Now, it's crazy that Sure Sanders tweeted out last night and just said, hey, and he just said, Alabama players, tap in. Meaning, like, you know, tap into that portal. Who's there? But, you know, and honestly, it's within an hour or two after Nick Saban's news broke. He lost a top recruit, a wide receiver in the country, Alabama. I think it was a wide receiver in Alabama. And rightfully so, he decommitted. And you're going to see more of that, you know, because I think, though, and, and again, when you get recruited by Alabama under this previous regime, such as Nick or whatever, I think some of these kids are even more mature to hang around before they just go dart off. I mean, I know he lost one of them yesterday. They kind of want to see and having questions like, well, who's coming? What are we going to do? Because if it's somebody that's close, like, say, if it would be a Lane Kiffin or somebody close to a Nick type of way and not going to do things, I think you would he would probably and see. This is another thing why I think Lane Kiffin makes the sense, because I think Lane Kiffin can save a lot of these guys that might be looking to decommit or hit the transfer portal. OK, I don't think um, I don't think Mike Norville can do that. I don't think he has enough skins in the wall or, uh, you know, cachet to do that. I don't think that uh, even the guy that's leading in the clubhouse right now, I don't even know if he has the cachet to really say Lane Kiffin would it because it, it really people it comes down to recruiting, man. You know, I think I heard Paul Bonbon telling the story when they first hired Nick and, you know, it was the private G4 plane ride over. And the AD was like, well, you know, arguably I know and I wasn't going to land this plane or leave this plane, but I know I have the best coach out there. It was when they were going to recruit, you know, it was the Miami situation. They got, and Nick told him on the Jets that, hey, you probably don't have the best co coach in the country, but you got the best recruiter. And really that's what it's about. Even whether you want to mix in NIL, like that's why I think Lane Kiffin – in the situation would make sense, uh, you know, to me. Uh, Urban, yeah, I could see that. Um, could I see maybe Urban really wanting to follow Nick because they they they're not close, but they've got some battles. They've got respect from each other. Um, I don't know if he would really want to go that way, uh, but you know, you know, not on the level of Nick Saban, uh, but Jim Trestle, the vest. Had a legend in Ohio at Ohio State and Urban walked behind that. Um, yeah, so I could see I do. I do imagine Urban still has the itch to coach, but I don't know about that of his stature walking in a situation like that. Well, if you don't believe that Alabama is ready for a minority head coach, we can take off Marcus Freeman, Sharon Moore. Um, James Franklin, his name also out there, yeah, uh, plus I, I five thousand. Like yeah, uh, but names of note. Uh, Pat Shermer, hell um, no. What's they got? Who? What else are they giving him? Uh, plus five thousand. Yeah, we've got some uh, long shots yeah, here. Um, Derek Dooley, the only Alabama assistant uh, on this top, probably like twenty twenty five names here. Um, he's a he's a offensive analyst uh, for yeah. uh, Alabama at plus five thousand. Uh, Mike Vrabel's name, Bill O'Brien, Will Muschamp, um, and Ryan Day. There's one right there, uh, Mike Vrabel. 
his time at Ohio State. Now he's on our docket today too. We can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, you know, Tennessee's owner allegedly, according to reports, wasn't so fond of some of Mike Vrabel's words. Uh, that he had, I guess, as they were honoring uh, something at New England, and he was there, and and I didn't even looked at it, but I I saw it, so I'm assuming what he said that probably rubbed the art, <laughs> the Tennessee owner the wrong way, because he said, "Hey, I've been in a lot of different places, I've been in different spots, and this place here, make sure you appreciate, you enjoy what you got." And I'm pretty sure that was a shot at the owner, and I can understand why he didn't like it. Uh, but I think you know, uh, definitely, there's more favorable odds, in my opinion, for him to replace Bill one of the other goat in New England that I would say Alabama and Nick but that makes sense though I mean he was uh, he was on Ohio's Ohio State college coaching staff I just don't know if Vrabel wants to go through the song and dance with the NCA and recruiting and get with kids I think and I think uh Vrabel is a NFL structured guy so um he could have been in college a long time ago so but I understand why he's on the list uh Look, man, I could see the Washington coach. That's the side they want to go. It's like, eh, kind of wait to see. But I think if you're Nick, I think if you're Alabama and the AD, you still got to go try to go big game hunting. And I think really when you look at following this, you got to, even if they are employed, you've got to make somebody that is proven tell you no. Like, I've got to get Debo to tell me no. I've got even maybe to have Kirby Smart tell me no, which I know he's going to be a no, but like, okay, I've got to sit there and maybe tell Urban Meyer to tell me no. I got to go through all those before I get to, uh, you know, the Washington coach or, you know, a, a Norvell. I, I, I've got to go through guys that are really pro. I think Lane Kiffin is an exception of the rule, though. Like, I don't think Lane Kiffin, I'm not trying to tell you that Lane Kiffin's got all these skins on the wall and he's so proven, but he relates and he's proven. And remember, man, look at what he did at Florida Atlantic. Okay. Nobody knew nothing about Florida Atlantic football till Lane showed up and then in the modern era. And then, therefore, you start look at that Florida Atlantic run they had in the March Madness not too long ago. So I feel Lane, what he did at Florida Atlantic and Ole Miss and his recruiting and trying to find somebody that even was part of the residue of Nick Saban, that's why it makes sense out of everybody uh, to me. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studio. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. 
From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 